Hello, and welcome back to Lord Clark and Friends, episode number 22. Back on the line with Lord Cran here. Howdy. All right. How are things going these days? Well, where do you want to begin? I'm not even sure. I, there, you know, I, I mean, we the market has uh, been punch drunk on a ra- rampant bull market, you know, um, which has been good for for the the wallet at least. Uh, but I don't believe it like anybody else that we're in a bull market. Maybe it was because the bear market was so nasty that it uh, doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my more uh, favorite uh, conservative talk show hosts got thrown off of the radio. Yeah, we were talking about this offline. I, I, you mentioned some of the things that he got thrown off the radio for. I thought they were kind of obnoxious that he got thrown off the radio for it. But, uh, I thought they were kind of funny quotes. Those who may not know, the guy is uh, Jay Severin, and he got kicked off of WTKK. Yeah, well, isn't that a very liberal station? I mean, that's the station that has, uh, what, our, uh, our, uh... I'd say three out of ten people there are, like, are are, uh, liberals. The rest are really conservatives. Well, don't they have Marjorie Clapperud on there? I mean, she's enough for at least five liberals. Um... And uh, they have their, our uh, steamed governor, Deval Patrick, on once a month. That is true, but they, they only count once because they're on one show, right? Yeah, I guess so. I thought it was three liberals on a show at the same time. Uh, well, he's a guest. Yeah, he's a guest. So every now, like once a month. Yeah, and but she's on with some guy, though, isn't she? I think it says more for for the the numbers of the the math of the the whole issue. You know, it it takes two maybe three liberals to put enough thought together to equal like one conservative on that station. <laughs> that is very true. And the scary part is is I have to say, and the worst part about listening to the and I know I'm going off your J Seven thing. We'll get back to it about listening to the uh, Meet the Governor. Is the governor is a better radio host than than both of the liberals who run the show? Just kind of scary. Uh, um, considering, and I gotta you know, I know. though our governor is quite liberal, uh, and I gotta say this because he he takes me off every time I hear him. At least he doesn't lie to the people like our president. At least the governor's straight up. I'm gonna tax your brains out, and I don't care. <laughs> well, that that leads to the fundamental argument, you know, and that is, uh, not how, not if you're going to get taxed, but how you're going to get taxed. True, 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 true. I, I don't know. I mean, he keeps changing his word on how we're going to be taxed, doesn't he? Yep. Uh, first it's a gas. T- well, first it's the tolls at the at the in the toll line, uh, and monitoring your car. Nobody liked that, so he he moved away from that to a gas tax, which made everybody really mad. Um, and then now they're looking at a sales tax. Yeah. Which is just the um, uber oppression. 
Well, one of the funny things is is that the the border towns yes. are actually the politicians are actually in favor of this tax, and you'd think that they might want to better represent their locals by you know going against that. But the reality of it is they know they're in border towns. Their residents are going to go over the border anyhow. And basically, people who are stuck in the city and stuck at, you know, basically too far away that it's inconvenient to go out of state. Yep. They're going to get stuck footing the bill while everybody else runs for the border. Yeah, well, that's that's very true because... I went up to Nashua during my lunch break today and went to the mall, and I would say at least half the cars in the mall were from Massachusetts today. That seems to be a, a, yeah, it's the usual. That's the usual. So, I mean, if that's not a claim that tax rates are too high to begin with, uh, I don't know what is, because it, to me that means tax rates are way too high. If people, if half the people in the mall are already from Massachusetts. Yep. All right, so let's get back to your Jay Severin here. We, we, what did he get thrown off the air for, or why do you think he got thrown off the air? Uh, well, he, there were some complaints. Let's see, he was suspended indefinitely. Yep. Uh, because he called Mexican immigrants criminalians, leeches, the world's lowest form of primitives. And exporters of women with mustaches and BD. Okay, this is something we need to break down point by point. You know? Because I agree with him on pretty much every point. Well, I think uh, maybe in there there are a couple of uh, a couple of things that he probably should have refrained from. Well, I understand he should have refrained from it because a non-podcast. Take him off the air. Well, yeah, on non-podcast radio, people will throw you off the air for almost anything. At least that's why, you know, self-funded podcasts can get away with pretty much anything. Um, but anyways, yeah, it sounded like he went over the line in, in taste when, what did he say? I think he would have probably gotten away with it if he if he left out women with mustaches and VD. No, what was the second one that he said? Uh, leeches? Yeah, he would have gotten away with that. Oh, yeah? I think so. Or lowest of primitives. That he may, yeah, he may have gotten away with that, or he he could have said I was misquoted. But yeah, I guess it is the mustaches and the, the exporters of the women with mustaches. <laughs> kind of strange. Well, this whole swine thing is, you know, it's interesting because people, like, have been getting scared that they can get it from bacon or or, or other pork products. And I'm thinking, ooh, lowering the price of bacon is always a good thing. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a misnomer, swine flu, just because the swine have it. But, you know, it does bring us back to the point, if you're dumb enough to eat anything raw, you're dumb enough to get sick. And I'm not going to, you know, I don't understand anybody who wants to cook things, not cook things fully through. 
and bacon is one of the best tasting products on the market today. Well, does that really go hand in hand? I mean, when there was that whole mad cow thing, you know, you could have things cooked medium well and it would still infect you. Yeah, but you're but remember the mad cow thing. Most people don't eat the brain or the brain brain stem or the uh, spine of a cow. That's where you get the mad cow from, even cooked. The rest of the meat was fine, which was something that no one really uh, talked about either. So as long as you didn't eat the brain or the brain stem, you weren't going to really get mad cow disease on the rest of the cow. You know, from the rest of the cow. Well, I think a lot of it's just, you know, safety issues and safety and handling. I mean, I personally don't see anything wrong with raw foods. I just not, wouldn't eat them. Yeah. Well, I I don't like the taste of most raw things anyways, and I'm not a sushi eater. Um. I mean, there's too much, there's a lot of risk with raw foods, obviously, but it's it's not because... It's a raw food. It's because wherever it was, wasn't you know it was either not kept well or put in close proximity to uh, harmful uh, toxins. True. No, but most yeah. I mean, you never know what's growing in the. I mean, there's enough things that you know. You know, worms and things like that that can grow inside something that you want to be able to kill all that stuff or their larvae. You don't want to take a chance. Yeah. I mean, we've all taken high school biology, or most most people have. You know, they should have scared you then when they talked about meats and what's in there. But you know, people still don't listen. Oh, I gotta. It's gotta be so rare. It's gonna mooing. You know. It's like, well, hey, you want to get sick? You go get sick. Uh. But I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna have, I'm not gonna do that. Uh-huh. That reminds me of a, a pretty good quote. If I can dig that on up. Okay. Or not. Oops. in a little bit, but that's because I, uh, sorry, I got distracted by, um, Megan McCain warns of looming civil war in the GB, in the GOP. Well, I got distracted by Megan McCain, and, and I hope and pray she's not nearly as liberal as her father, um, and, uh, 
you know, but she's definitely got her mother's good looks. What did she have to say? Uh, well, here's a quote. I feel too many Republicans want to cling to past success, and I think we're seeing a war between brewing and the Republican Party. But it is not between us and the Democrat. It is not between us and the liberals. It is between the future and the past. I'm concerned about the environment. I love to wear black. I think the government is best when it stays out of people's lives and businesses as much as possible. I love punk rock. I believe in a strong national defense, and I have a tattoo. No, definitely a blonde. Uh, I believe the government should be efficient and accountable. I have lots of gay friends, and yes, I'm a Republican, she told the cheering crowd. Uh. So it, that brings up a lot of points about what it'll take to bring back the Republican Party. I mean, does, does making up the fact that she might have or might not have a gay friend have any influence on pulling votes in? Uh, surprisingly, against the, the the liberal vote, yes, it does, um, because they actually think that way. They think any any self they they really think any Republican cannot be open-minded and have gay friends. Oh. It, it's that it, it it's that close-minded of a group, really. They think they want to be their party of open-mindedness, but it's really just that close-minded. And they can't believe that Republicans can actually uh, can think. What about the other issues in that? I mean, does it help having a tattoo? Well, you know, it it, it means she you know she quote likes to live on the wild side. Okay, and and what? Republican Party. So Republicans can be wild while we're. You know, but while we're pushing immigrants back out the borders. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they they do think that Republicans have a stick up their butts sometimes. He loves punk rock, so that must be cool, right? Well, what does she define as punk rock? I mean, Green Day doesn't count, you know. Uh, she loves to wear black. Well, yeah, we all do. Uh, well, a lot of us have been wearing black since Obama got elected, but <laughs> well, yeah, we are, you know we're having a national year of mourning for uh, the country. <laughs> well, so how about that president? Huh? What, what's he doing these days? Other than trying to ruin the country? Um, uh, okay, so he's blaming hedge funds for. For uh, Chrysler's collapse, and then he's blaming hedge funds. He's trying to make it so that hedge funds can't get the people, the last people that loaned Chrysler money, can't get their money back out of Chrysler because you know the union worker deserves more of a plan than the people Chrysler owes money to. So. He's forcing people to, and then on top of it, our our president, our dear president's becoming like Hugo Chavez and telling these people who are some of his biggest fundraisers that uh, 
you're you're gonna you're not gonna complain about this because we're gonna use the White House press corps to defame you and to make you sound like you're just a bunch of greedy guys and the White House press corps is gonna do anything we tell them to do, which is true because they're all in the bag for Obama. Uh, so you know he's pretty much taken on the role of Hugo Chavez, and you know I think the next thing he's gonna try to do is make himself president for life. Because uh, he seems to have no care about anything else. He has no care about free, or he uses free speech to, uh, for his own liking. You think uh, that the borders eventually would get open enough that we send a bunch of people to Cuba? I don't know, but I, I, the only positive thing about the borders being porous right now is they're all going the other way because there's no jobs for them. Which I find heavily amusing, but our governor, or excuse me, not our governor, or our president, I have more respect for our governor, at least he's an intelligent and has a thought that he can actually say off of a teleprompter, um, that uh, our president is a, is a complete fool. And um, I'm starting to agree with the Turkish people for, uh, for doing their... Uh, newscasts with blackface on about him. I must have missed that one. What happened? <laughs> when he was over in his last trip and he visited Turkey, the Turkey, the Turkish um, newscast did a, uh, the reporter did his report with blackface on about the Obama trip. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this international statesman that everybody, you know, everybody's supposed to love in Europe, well, so we can see our only, we can see the respect he gets from our only Muslim ally who's a, who's a uh, democracy. So the only Muslim democracy over there and the rightful, who I think it should be the rightful owners of the whole Middle East, um, the Turks, uh, may decided that a news that it was appropriate to have a newscaster wear a blackface while talking about our president. I think that's freaking hilarious because that means nobody respects him, and the Europeans could could care less. They all call him a communist. And worse, and even the communists call him worse than a communist. Well, you know, I've been reading this book on. Uh, wartime uh, bioethics. And the more I read, the more it seems that the, the Obama administration is very similar to the fascism that was pushed in Germany in World War II. How so? Very biased towards health and basically behavior modification on a large level. Before things got into genocide of different groups, which everybody knows about, but before that, there was all sorts of a push for, for science and medicine, and all of it to fall in line with one bigger inevitable picture. It's almost like the... the the wagons are lining up for something. 
a longer-term plan yeah. for democratic, liberal fascism. Yeah, or so. I mean, at the end of the day, socialism, fascism are pretty much the same thing. <laughs> um, but I agree. They're just trying to line up the cards to make it so that we're so dependent on them that we can't get away from them. Uh, it's kind of scary. And you know they're they're going to set up a whole a whole set of politics that that uh, is so dependent on them that they'll never vote against them. And that the more people they can put on the government rolls, better the better they think their chances are of winning. Well, I think pretty much everybody can be bribed for the right price. But, I mean, the thing that really scares me is these people don't even realize they're eating their young. They're eating the people who are their biggest campaign con contributors. Uh, and most of their big base, they, they're eating their young. And they're, it's rather, nobody wants to talk about that. The press doesn't want to talk about the fact that, you know, when somebody crosses them, they, they get rid of them. This is Stalinism. You know, at least Stalin was open and honest about it. But, you know, these guys, oh, we'll just go after you with the press corps if you don't agree with us. We'll, we'll call you names until, until you back down. And it's rather funny that they, they feel like they're like grade school bullies. They, they don't act like adults. They're, they act like grade schoolers. We'll just call you names until everybody believes, you, believes that that's your real, your real name. And if you don't agree with us, we'll just keep calling you names. It's getting disgusting. I'm actually surprised with the amount of arrogance we've seen from them, at least in the House and the Senate, that they haven't decided to come up with a new constitution, a new Bill of Rights, and a whole new set of laws. Well, you got to remember, for I'd say at least 40% of, of the House of Representatives, because the whole House is up for election every two years, at least 40% of those Democrats' uh, seats are vulnerable. So, it, you know, it's not like the Democratic seats in Massachusetts where, you, you know, it's a, a duchy right that you get your seat back. But they, a lot of them have to deal with uh, elections where they could lose their seat very easily. So, rewriting the whole Constitution, either they have to do it very quickly or they're going to be out and they want to, some of them are starting to back off because they can't, they can't get reelected if they keep passing so you're saying things. that because of this, that the, the more conservative Democrats, which are on a shorter cycle in the House of Representatives because they're only on a two-year yeah. Versus the six, I believe, for the Senate. Right. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They're on a shorter cycle, so they're actually going to be a little more conservative then. So they, they make sure they get elected, and then halfway through um, the president presidential uh, term, right. they'll start getting ultra-liberal. Well, if they get re-elected again, it will start getting ultra-liberal. Um, but... It won't be uber uber liberal. It'll actually it should actually 
it should be ultra liberal, ultra liberal right now, which is what they've been doing, and it'll back off as they get closer to that election period, and then continuing on to the next presidential election, they have to con the country again into saying they're not ultra liberals and to get Obama reelected. So they're going to have to start campaigning two years out or whatever because they need to make sure they trash anybody who's a Republican candidate as much as they can. So the interesting part should be in two years, I'll tell you the, what the nation's actually thinking when they get a chance to re-vote. Now, the, it seems like the tide is turning slightly against the Democrats because in New Hampshire uh, the Republicans won a highly contested seat and then I think in New York they won a seat uh, in the excuse me, in New Hampshire they won a seat in their local the state house that uh, was highly contested and then also in New York I think the they picked up, the Republicans picked up a House seat in upstate New York, which is a surprise. Um, so things might be turning because the Democrats have gone a little bit, the balance has shifted a little bit too far. But this is actually a good thing. And uh, there was something I did want to bring up, and it, I, I got a kick out of it because, you know, I followed Ron Paul over the, over the election. Uh, pretty uh, enthusiastic about supporting him during the campaign. Yep. Um, but honestly, like, he was, you know, he's Dr. No. A lot of the stuff he's done over time has been shot down. But he finally comes up with this uh, H.R. House Resolution 1207 to try to get more transparency and oversight for the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Okay. And he had, last I checked, at least 50, maybe more, co-sponsors in the House who were also in favor of this. Now, this, I mean, if he, if he hadn't accomplished anything else at all, he, he's actually finally gotten where, okay, he's saying something that, you know, t times are so bad right now <laughs> that, hey, you know what, this is a good idea. And he's not just an extremist over there in the corner of the room. Yeah. You know, it's like people are going to pay attention because what he's saying not only makes sense, but because everybody's backing it because it's the right idea. And I guess, you know, one could say that at least his election, or his candidacy, rather, for, for the election, wasn't a complete and total loss if something like this goes through. I agree. I think anything that Ron Paul, uh, anything that Ron Paul sponsors is worth listening to at this point. Uh, and I no longer think he's an extremist, but someone out to protect the country. Uh, and I've completely changed my view on it after seeing the extremist we elected, and <laughs> thinking, thinking, how can we have ever elected such a Democrat extremist? I, I'm so disgusted. It's not even funny. It's it's just how did we elect somebody like this? How did everybody get fooled? Where did we go wrong? I mean, 
are we that dumb? Are, are, is the nation that dumb? Is, is it well, I wouldn't say the nation is dumb, but I think a lot of people are just soft in the head. Well, how did we become this soft in the head? How did we become so soft in the head that we believe that George Bush was a moron and this guy was a genius? Well, look, I, honestly, like looking at things now, I'm starting to think that Bush was a conservative in comparison. I mean, it, it, it makes me kind of wish that we were back in the Bush administration. I didn't mind nearly as much all the liberals being pissed off about Bush being in office and Bush lied, people died, and we're waiting for one twenty two thousand nine for things to change over again. Well, the thing that's got me is... Who are these people to claim Bush is an idiot and then say Obama's a genius? This guy can't say anything off a teleprompter. At least Bush could say something without a teleprompter. Yeah. I mean, I, this guy has no original thoughts in his head. I mean, Bush at least was a statesman as far as everybody can tell. You know, Bush kept... Not that far. I mean, he was your average Joe, but this guy's an empty suit. Right, but I mean, at least Bush had family contacts with people who were important to us strategically, like the Saudis, with with contacts where the Saudis would sit down and listen to him and not put blackface on, you know, and not laugh at him in the in their media when he went over there. I mean, what's he, supposed he to go? He got shoes thrown at him, though. Yeah, well, he got shoes thrown at him because some liberal media wanted to put some liberal, you know, anti-American guy in there, and so they, they got him in there, they seated him in there, they did everything they could, and the only thing that they could get to throw at him were shoes. They wanted to try to assassinate him. You know, the liberal media got that guy in there, It's you know, and Bush, Bush dodged it, you know? Yeah. Bush showed how much of a statesman he was by not making fun of the guy, not, you know calling him names, not going after him in the press afterwards, like Joe the Plumber got nailed from Obama because he didn't think, he thought differently than, you know, than Obama. So, you know, they have to go after him and defame him, you know, Bush didn't do that with a shoe thrower, you know, I mean. Joe the Plumber is set for life, right? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you do you go after a guy like that just because he 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 says something and makes you look bad, you know? Or do you be regal and presidential and? Well, he ducked. To his credit, he did duck. Yeah. Okay. I mean. Uh, I mean, hey, what are you gonna do? You see a shoe coming at you, you're gonna try to dodge it. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, it was the old Spider-Man quote, right? The, with great power comes great responsibility. If my finger were on the trigger, being a president of the free world, I would immediately wage a war against the nation that had the person who attacked me. But I guess not everybody works that way. Oh, hey, you know me, preemptive nuclear strike before they get a chance to even think. Um, and, oh, yeah, that brings us up to another point. What did you think about John Stewart saying that uh, it's a war crime to use nuclear weapons? Um, uh, I'll say what I've always said about John Stewart. He's an idiot. <laughs> well, the other thing that I thought was oh, funny. An asshole. The other thing that I think is totally funny is that they're all laughing at him because no one has explained to him that, uh, what's his name? What, Truman? It was a, it was a Democrat. <laughs> yeah. 
The guy who dropped two nuclear weapons, the only guy who's used nuclear weapons in war, was a Democrat. And we have to remember that. Uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah, and let's not forget that it was a Democrat that got us into World War One and what, World War Two. Well, uh, maybe it's because their feelings get hurt more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Wilson was, like, what, taking the, the stem of the tide and decided, so I think we're going to have another Democrat to get us into another world war. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if that, that actually you know, brings it on about, but... Uh... I mean, Wilson couldn't survive the the whining of the re of the rest of the world that uh, we can't fight the Germans, you know. Well, in the first 35 to 40 days of this presidency, uh, Obama managed to get you know enough legislation passed that cost more than all of the spending combined from the last administration with the Iraq War. Okay. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Oh wow! You know, that wasn't too shabby with Bush. You, you know, not that he only get more spending combined than he did more spending combined than all of the presidents previous to him. Wow. Okay. You do you know how long it took us to spend a trillion dollars, and he he's already spent ten. They say basically ten trillion. Well, but I mean, two to three trillion. I mean, he has spent more money than everybody else before him. Well, he made history when he became the first African American president. Yeah, well, and and what did even the African Americans say about that? Look at what when you put an African American in charge of McDonald's. Look at how it's run. The question is, will he be the last African American president? Uh, depends. Do you believe the union's going to survive this? Well, you, so that you, you're you're that pessimistic. You think the con the country's not going to make it? I mean, there are there there is a lot of talk of uh, certain states wanting to secede again. Um, well, I've heard rumors that California and Texas. And, and this is really kind of an interesting rumor that I've heard. Because of the illegal alien problem and the way the two states are thinking about it, yeah. um, and plus the, there's some commonalities in the two states' laws that make them com more compatible than you would think, the fact that one's run by a bunch of ultra-liberals and one's run fairly well and conservatively, um, that Texas and California and in that area and the the people in between them, if we were to split the union, that area of the country would become one. Well, not and not to think that Texas has really given up the whole thought of the Lone Star State. If you get you get the drift of what they're talking about. Uh, no. Well, they they have always considered Texas was a separate country to begin with, and Texas will be always be their own separate territory. No oh, matter. oh, that one, yeah. yeah. No matter what, uh, no matter what anybody thinks about it. Oh, would it be so bad if we were to, to possibly sell chunks of California and Texas back to Mexico? 
Why would you do that? Some of the biggest parts of our economy are in those two states. They're our most profitable states. Well, I mean, why are they seceding? I mean, they're talking about areas where basically they're being overrun by illegals. Yeah, well, they're they're just that was one of the, the sets of states that would secede if if they could think if they could do it. Well, there was a movement not too long ago in Vermont too. Yeah, well, that wouldn't you know, where's Vermont gonna go? Canada. <laughs> good, good for them, so they can have a higher tax rate um, <clears throat> than that they've already got, unless, unless you know, it's funny. I mean, you know my view on it. We should annex Canada and Mexico and be done with it. You know, stop calling them non, non-states. Well, the the uh, second Vermont Republic is a non-violent citizens network and think tank opposed to the tyranny of corporate America and the U.S. government and committed to the return of Vermont to its status as an independent republic and more broadly to the dissolution of the union. (laughs) Okay, so there are, I know, I knew, yeah, there exists organizations out there that are pro-secession, even here in the Northeast. Yeah, it is interesting. And the Northeast probably would secede as another unit of the country um, if the union were to break up. Uh, Just kind of an interesting thought. Well, I would get a kick out of a a New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine province, actually, because that would be kind of cool. Yeah, well, you think that in kind of New England, think about it this way. Take New England, probably New York, um, and maybe Pennsylvania, uh, and possibly as south as as Maryland, uh, definitely New Jersey, and put it all together, and that would make the, probably make one of the divided unions union, you know one of the divided states when the union got divided. And that would probably be what would be left uh, together in this area. Because it would all naturally fall together. And it would be kind of interesting to think about that because Pennsylvania has a wholly different thought level than the rest of these states. Well, is it treasonous to to non-violently discuss uh, secession? Uh, No, it's not. We must discuss all problems. We we have the right to discuss all things. Now, according to the, and I hate to say this, the Republican Party and and the greatest president of the Republican Party, well, the second greatest president of the Republican Party, uh, Abraham Lincoln, it is treasonous to secede from the Union, um, and secession will be dealt with harshly. Well, then now is it, though? Is it? Look, we have the right to alter abol- or abolish the government through all lawful means, at right. least under the under 
our Declaration of Independence. Yep. However, it is a natural right when all lawful means are gone. It is a natural right of man to secede. Yeah. But no modern Democrats can ever think that way. And you know it as well as I do. The intent of our founding documents should be upheld, right? <laughs> I totally agree with you. The intent and the, and the spirit of the law should be fully upheld. The problem is, is we have judges who don't even believe that the in, that the law should be upheld in its own right, and the law is wrong, and we need to look somewhere else to get our laws. And it's scary what they do. Where, where, where else should we be looking to get our laws? Well, some people, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, think Europe. Now, I find this tragically, tragically funny in the fact that, you know, the Spanish and their inquisitors uh, are quite the interesting people. You know, the Europeans are like, well, who cares? You know, we're going to lie to your face anyway. And why change your laws to be like us? We're not ones to be modeled after. So should uh, guilty until proven innocent be be um, something that changes? Uh, yes. And that's, yeah. what, that's what's going to happen. Is, is, well, excuse me. If you're a white male, non-Democrat voter, or contributor, you're guilty. Actually, no. If you're just a white male, you're going to be guilty until proven innocent. And then you may still be guilty just because you're a white male. So it looks like we're reenacting a caste system. Well, that's basically what they want to do. Yet, uh -huh. it's these white males who are trying to help them reenact a caste system by keep electing these guys who say they're going to try to do this, but they don't believe them. Well, what if you wear a black face? Well, then they call you a racist. So they start, they start throwing out names out there. If you do anything against them, they start calling you names. Wow. And the easiest one to call you is a racist. You, you know, you, you watch, like, uh, these murder mysteries every now and then. And every now and then, you know, some dumb thug admits <coughs> to robbing someone at the time that they were being accused of murder. Right. I was busy robbing someone at the time. I couldn't have possibly been murdering somebody. <laughs> Don't you love that? Well, I, I think that's what's going to happen with with these, uh, you know, these new issues of, of uh, accusations of homegrown terrorism. Yep. The fact is, it doesn't pay to be smart, and it doesn't pay... Basically, to be anything but on the favored list. Yep. 
That's that's basically it, and you can so easily be pulled off the favored list because they uh, they don't like you, or you don't agree with them. And now they've got the perfect man in charge because since he's black, you can't say anything about him because they, you know. You're a racist if you do. Oh. It's quite disgusting. <coughs> well, do we have any other topics we want to talk about tonight, or shall we call it a night and call it a podcast? I think we should call it a podcast. Yeah, it's getting kind of dark. Uh, well, we are going to take... For our audience out there, we are going to take a short hiatus, or hopefully not a too long of one, as I go on vacation to the old world. Um, and do want to remind people, uh, if you go to lordclark.com and hit the link for Lord Clark and Friends podcast, it'll take you over there. We do have a forum. Please feel free to post after registering as a user. Um, we also have a email address, podcast at lordclark.com where you can send us any written email uh, feedback, or if you want to attach an MP3, we'll be more than happy to attach it to a following podcast. We are looking for feedback. Um, and coming soon, hopefully, is we'll have a uh, listener call in line that you can leave any of your uh, feedback that you'd like. All right. Well, have a good night, people, and...